Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Walk With Me. I'm your host, JJ. I'm so glad to have you walking with me today as we walk with Christ. I thank you for downloading and sharing this episodes, and thank you for all of the uh, visits to my sponsors that I've been seeing and I've been hearing about. Uh, the Also, we have uh, that sponsor with the Templar Chronicles 1, New Players. That book is amazing in the fact that it, it has actually uh, messages that we need in today's world and it is fiction so it's not like it's not like a documentary or something like that but uh thank you so much for visiting those sponsors thank you for visiting true bars he's a lyricist he is in his uh, he's on his journey now to finding god or actually is path to salvation because i always say that god isn't lost I, and, and i'm starting to kind of develop a, a kind of a way against saying i found god because god wasn't lost we are so thank you all for uh, visiting that sponsor and exquisite creations if you have tiktok or social media um i think she does have tiktok i don't have tiktok but i have my own reasons for that we're not going to go into it on this podcast uh, thank you so much again for listening, downloading, sharing. It's, it's not about me. It's about you. And it's about God. And I just sit here behind the microphone for a couple moments every week. And we talk about this thing we call the Bible and how to apply it to every day in life. All right. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if my voice sounds a little tired, it's, it's really not tired. It's to speak up the last two days so I uh, I really appreciated that and it, it it taught me a lot I learned a lot uh, God spoke to me a lot I mean I think God gave me like five or six maybe seven messages and just preparing for that two-day um, exercise that two days of speaking uh, and I call it an exercise because even though um, even though you're, you're you're preaching to others, you're speaking to others, you're also speaking to yourself. And God taught me a lot of what I was supposed to be learning and what I needed to do. And it was a very good um, eye-opening experience as to uh, what I needed to do to strengthen my walk with Christ. So I don't want you all to get off. I don't want you all thinking that I, I get off thinking I'm some great evangelist or preacher or pastor and none of these things have happened yet because i don't know what god has planned for me but uh as soon as i figure out a way to convert it to audio um i'll be uploading it um and if we end up going to a video format which will probably be rumble because some of the other platforms uh tend to get a little sensory so uh when we get it on video and we go to rumble then i will be more than happy to upload these videos or anytime i speak i'll upload it and those will be like bonus episodes because that'll be a different format 
So, thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you've been following this podcast from the beginning and you're still here, I appreciate you. Um, here's the thing. Um, we've gone through a lot of information. We went from Genesis to the flood, from the flood to Egypt going into captivity, and then, I'm sorry, to Israel going into captivity, and then, you know, the, you know, the escape of Egypt, and, and now we've even built a tabernacle. Now, quiet is kept. We've also covered several different dispensations that we talked about in the very beginning of the podcast. And this is why when it's say it's very important to kind of, you know, lay groundwork in the beginning to kind of understand the word of God. This is where it begins to really start to come together because we had different dispensations. We had the dispensation of the creation to the fall of man. And the fall of man to the flood, and the flood to, you know, we, we've had the a lot of uh, dispensations so far, and there's a total of seven. Okay, I know some of sorry some people that uses that word to be like a dispensation means yesterday was a dispensation and today is another one, but no dispensations mean. In the biblical sense, a dispensation is a change in the relationship that God has with man. Okay, so that's why uh, we we're now with the construction of the tabernacle, we enter into a new dispensation. Okay, and this dispensation um, is going to have a lot of twists and turns to it. So hang on, buckle up. Uh, we're going to go right into everything. And because we, we've seen Moses um, guide the children of Israel through the desert. And something happened to Moses to where he could not, he would not be able to fulfill the promise of God. And this was basically Moses' fault. All right, so we're going to go with the Deuteronomy 4. And we're going to talk about how Moses died. Yes, Moses himself died. Because of unbelief, Israel beat the judgment of God. And this is where we are at now. Because when the, the children of Israel have already seen the mercy of God, the almighty power of God, everything that happened, the firstborn of the children, the uh, Egypt dying and, and then, you know, basically everything, just the animals and everything. The firstborn was dead. They knew God did that. But as no sooner they got out of Egypt and went into the desert, they started moaning and grumbling and complaining. Okay. And basically this, this unbelief is what, led to a judgment of them having to walk uh, walk around in the, in Egypt I'm sorry, in the wilderness for about 40 years and everyone that was a certain age and up couldn't enter could not enter um, the promised land so they end up walking around for about 40 years but even still, God gave them a lot of miracles and a lot of things 
uh, a lot of changes in his relationship with man. Now, to set the story up, we had two men, Joshua and Caleb, and, and these were the only two that were saved from the judgment. The only two that were saved, the only two that was in that generation that were allowed to enter into Canaan. God told Moses to speak, in a, uh, speak to a rock, and this is the part where Moses messed up. This is what causes Moses to die. So you got to be careful. God told Moses to speak to the rock, but instead Moses was angry and he smoked the rock. And this prevented him from entering the promised land. Now, if you're like me, you're like, well, man, what, what are you talking about? How is that such a thing? Let's read Numbers 7, um, sorry, 20, the 20th chapter, 7 through the 12th verse. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, gather the assembly together, you and Aaron thy brother, and speak unto the rock before your eyes, and it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and the beasts to drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said, here now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod, he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly. The congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because you believed me not, to sanctify you in the eyes of to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring his congregation into the land which I have given them. Now, this is a very interesting problem. God told Moses to speak to the rock. Moses smote the rock. Not only did he smite the rock, he smote it twice. And not only did he smite the rock twice, he smote it out of anger. And then on top of that, Moses actually claimed it. Must we fetch water from the rock for you? Moses could have beat that rock. Moses could still be beaten on that rock today and no water would have come out of there if it wasn't for God. And that's the issue. That's where the unbelief appeared because God told you to do a thing. You did something completely different. And that's a problem. And that's where Moses, Moses ran afoul of God. And Aaron, because Aaron could have stopped Moses. Aaron could have said, let me speak to the rock. Now, this also seems, it still seems sort of petty of God. I, I get it. Until you figure out what the rock represented, what the water represented, what the rod represented, and the difference between speaking to the rock and smiting the rock represented. Now, this is be very heavy. We may take two episodes to cover this. So hang on and buckle up. So to cross Jordan, they would have entered the land of Canaan. And Israel uh, was set up to cross there. And the priests went into the middle of Jordan and stood there until all of Israel crossed over to the other side. And 12 men took 12 stones from the river and built a memorial to God. And they called this place Gilgal. And this was a sign of reminder for future generations. But going back to what Moses did, 
the Paul says that the rock that followed the children of Israel was was Christ. Let's set the scenario. This was a whole country that was walking, and this was a whole rock following this country. So this rock could not have been very small. This rock would have had to have been big if water could gush out of it enough to feed an entire, to water an entire congregation and their cattle and their sheep and their chickens and their dogs and everything else. So this wasn't just a little rock. This wasn't like some rock you could sit on. This had to be like a huge rock. Okay, and this rock followed them while the spirit went in front of them. Okay. So this rock represented Christ because Jesus referred to himself as a rock several times in the New Testament. Even Paul recognized the rock that followed them was Christ. There's a lot of references to Christ and how and how he makes and, and how this was going to present itself in the New Testament. Now, now, for the sake of time, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And 10 and 1 basically describes, he summarizes, he's talking to the church of Corinthians. Uh, at Corinth, I'm sorry. And he summarizes what we're talking about here this morning. Moreover, brethren, I, have you not, I would not have you to be ignorant how all of our fathers were under the cloud, the cloud meaning the the spirit that led Israel out of Egypt all passed through the sea meaning the Red Sea and was all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all eat that same spiritual meat and did all drink from the same spiritual drink for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them see Paul is, is telling us that this is the rock that followed the children of Israel the nation of Israel was not just some little pebble. It was it wasn't just some thing that some magical thing that God was doing. Because he says in the next in the next statement that that rock was Christ. And with many of them God was not well pleased for they over was overthrown in the wilderness. Now why is that? Because by Moses was told to speak to the rock the second time. The first time he was told to smite the rock. And Moses smote it and the water came out and watered everything and gave everybody water and everybody was happy. The children of Israel started grumbling again about being thirsty. Remember now they're in a desert, they're in the wilderness, water scarce. And Moses instead of listening to God God telling him to speak to the rock this time. He knew before that smiting the rock had worked. So he put on a grand show. And here's where Moses' faith was destroyed. Moses' faith had had been shaken. And it was his lack of faith that caused this judgment upon him because he smoked the rock again. The rock, if the rock was Christ. Let's go along with, with what Paul is saying here. If the rock was was Christ, then smiting the rock, 
the first time would have been the crucifixion of Christ. Because the Bible also says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living what? Water. Right? So if by smiting the rock the first time was crucifying Christ and water came out, just like when when Jesus was hanging on the cross and they stabbed him in the side, what came out? Water. This was this was a fulfillment of that. I am the rock that's going to build this church. So now if that was the case in the second time, when you need something, you don't have to go back and crucify God again. Because of all the shame that was put upon Jesus during that crucifixion process was for our benefit. And you only needed that once. But because Moses smote the rock again, he symbolically crucified Christ a second time. And God was very displeased with that. Moses thought he was just... First off, Moses made a grand show of it. It almost seemed like he was trying to take credit for bringing the water. But he knew that last time he smote the rock, water came out. But now God is saying, go and speak to the rock. See, and that's where you and I are. Once, once Jesus was crucified, we don't have to crucify him again. We don't need to make another sacrifice again. We have, we have our repentance. Go and speak to the rock. In other words, go and speak to Jesus and have faith that your speaking to Jesus will take care of the need that you have at that time. And that was the lack of faith that Moses was expressing. Now, God would, Moses would have had to have known that God would do this. Because, granted, this, this judgment was very serious. God had had enough of the people, the children of Israel at this point. They didn't want to fight for what God was telling them to go fight for. They didn't want to listen. Every time God turned his proverbial back for a hot second they was off making golden calves and worshiping golden calves the same mentality that they brought out of Egypt and kept on going with this and it, it just seemed that it was a whole issue to where uh, God had had enough so only person who really had faith at that time and the faith that God was looking for was Joshua and Caleb. And so that's why they were able to go into the land. So now we're going to have a battle for the land. And for that, we're going to go, we're going to jump forward a little bit to Joshua chapters. I know I'm sort of jumping around a little bit. We're going to come back to some of this other stuff. This promised blessing will come to Israel uh, if they believe and obey the Lord. And but God was God has always been the type of God that is going to if it's his will, he will make a way for you. But making a way for you is not saying, "Hey, I'm just going to wrap it up in a bow and hand it to you." You got to do something for it. And this isn't to say that um this isn't to say that you can work for salvation or this isn't to say that um, God is evil but it's the fact that if you do something if if you if you work for your salvation and let's just say uh, let's put it into earthly terms now 
when you work for your money on your job, you appreciate it a lot more than if somebody just walked up to you and handed you however much your paycheck. You'd be more inclined, at least if you're a rational adult, you'd be more inclined to spend your money wisely. You'd be more inclined to uh, save some of it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be very frivolous with it. And if it was just a gift, you want it, oh, you're going to go out, you're going to go buy the, the biggest, nicest, shiniest thing, and it's going to break, and then you're going to be out of the money and out of the thing you bought. So God was always in, in the position where, all right, I'm going to provide a way for you, but you have to do something. You have to put your skin in the game, so to speak. So God told Israel to fight for the land of Canaan, but God was going to fight for them. God was going to fight with them and for them. And it was a victory after victory after victory, and, and they were slowly driving out the Canaanite. And then all of a sudden, uh, they came to the city called Jericho. And somehow, God didn't even have to fight. I mean, the Israelites didn't even have to fight in the beginning. All they did was walk around that city one time a day for seven days and wouldn't say anything. Again, God was very specific in his instructions. You walk, you don't say anything. You don't say anything. Walk all the way around the city. Now, back in those days, the cities were, were pretty big. And because they generally called them city-states, like we call Athens and Sparta. We call them city-states. And this is this is exactly what Jericho was. It was a walled city. It was basically a huge fortress. The walls were supposedly, I, I've read accounts where the walls were at least six feet thick. Um, and they were to protect the people inside the walls because a lot of countries, a lot of nations were just running roughshod over people who had bad defenses. And we are running close to time. I got to hurry up. Um, so basically, they walked around the, the walls of Jericho one time, once a day, for seven days. But on the seventh day, they walked around the entire uh, city seven times. And at the end of the seventh time, they all shouted and the walls fell flat. Now, let's talk about this falling flat. Of the historical um, articles that I've read, when they say falling flat, we kind of think, oh, the walls collapsed. And the walls sort of fell out or the walls fell in. But a lot of some of the articles show that the walls basically sank into the ground and left then like they sank all the way to where the top of the wall was flesh with the, with the earth of the ground and it made it easier for the children of Israel to run run in there and take everything now you tell me how good God is to allow that kind of thing if, if you had tried to siege that city you tried to you know, scale the walls, your casualties will be in the thousands. But the walls fell, and the only part of the wall that was still standing was a prostitute by the name of was Rahab. Uh, her part of the wall didn't collapse. And that's kind of amazing. That was the only part of the wall that stayed up 
the rest of the wall collapsed. And I, I think there was another account where four people kind of lived on the walls because they would actually have to provide the first part of the defense while the elite of the army composed themselves. But that's that was sort of speculation. So with that being said, just the the, the miracle, the miraculous of the walls coming down. It was just amazing. Um, and again, Children of Israel ran in there and won that fight. And we're going to talk more about this because this it, this was a, what we call a very bloody time for Israel, uh, for Israel. And God was involved in all of it. So thank you so much for, for taking your time and spending with us today, walking in the Lord, walking in the Bible here. Again, my name is JJ. I'm your host for this podcast, Walk With Me. Like it, share it, download it, whatever options you have on the platform that you are listening to us on. I appreciate it. I really do. Tell it to someone else. You may actually be helping them as well. Check on them. Make sure you give them your love. Give them our love because we are a family of walkers here, and I really do appreciate it. Thank God for each and every one of you. I love you all. God bless you. Yeah. True. Uh. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got to spread the words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody needs to know who the leader. Who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a reason.